welcome to Ad Creeps, a podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm Courtney, and I'm here with my best bud, Al. Hello. And, um, oh. <laughs> no, I like it. Okay. I like it. You're hyped. I'm hyped and a little drunk. Look, our producer, <laughs> our producer made us, um. Aviators? Aviators. Aviations. Aviations. They're different. They are different. They're two different things. Okay. We have a drink Bible. The producer and I have been uh, making our way through it uh, uh, on a day we call Friday Night Get Lit. <laughs> and um, this is this is the second drink that we're uh, powering through. It is Saturday. It is. It is Saturday. <laughs> it's not Friday. This is the sequel to Friday Night Lit. <laughs> Saturday Night Fever. From? Yeah, got it. Mm. Got into one. I nailed it. I forgot to mention, this is the last episode of Despicable May. Despicable May. It's despicable. I'm going to sample that for next year, by the way. Please do. Now, you would think, Courtney, you're wrong. There are five... There are five. There are five weeks in May. There are five Tuesdays in May. You might say to yourself, "Well, we this say, is not my beautiful wife." <laughs> we say, "Fuck you." We're not doing five of these. No, no. They're very bad. It has to be even. We have to each yeah, do the same do amount, and then I get to do something fun next week. Yeah, next week will be the the purge. The purge. <laughs> yeah, it will. <laughs> Where we purge all of this despicableness, and we do something super soft. Yeah, super softs. Super soft spring. Super soft spring. I'll make... Soft boy spring. Soft boy spring. We're here. Um, before we get into the despicability... Despicability. Despicability. Despicable. Yep. Uh, I just want to give a, a shout out to Karima for sending us money. Yes. On our Kofi. <laughs> just sending us money. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, listener Karima, for donating. Yeah. We, we big love you. We big love you. Karima, I love you very much, and I know you've been listening throughout this because you do tell me, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Karima is like our own little auntie cheerleader. I love that. Yes, I love it very much. Uh, if you want to have big auntie energy like Karima, A, I don't think it's possible, <laughs> uh, but B, you could also donate to us on our Kofi. Yeah. Yeah. We are expect- accepting money from all aunties, uncles, and zunkles. <laughs> Zunkles, like my my non-gendered. It's like like an X at the start. I like zunkles better than nunkles. Yeah, I don't care for nunkles. I've heard nunkle before because it's like none of them. None of them. None. None. Nunkles. Nunkles. Okay. We wow. We gotta keep it. (laughs) We are not gonna keep it fresh or tight this episode. I apologize. Also. There are going to be content warnings in this one. Yes. Because it is despicable May. Um, but please check those out before listening because... But you will probably tell in in the title what this is about. Oh. And if it's not your cup of tea, don't worry. You can fast you, forward to the local ad. You don't gotta listen. You don't gotta listen. We won't be mad at you. Maybe a little bit. Nah. Nah. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Ralph Waldo... Emerson. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm in hell. Better take another drink. Was an American writer, lecturer, and of course, that poet you study in your grade 11 American literature class and then never think of again. Who's the guy in the cabin? In the woods? What? Sorry? The mm-hmm. guy in the cabin in the woods? No, that probably is Robert Frost. 
This is the guy about ducks. He writes a lot about ducks. Yeah, was you just um, uh, something on a something pond? Maybe a pond. On Walden Pond? Waldo Pond. <laughs> what? That's his middle name. Uh. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> in case you need a refresher, Emerson was a leader in the 19th century transcendentalist movement, Ugh. a New England-born philosophy. Hello. Boy, oh boy. That, you won't be able to stop me on this one. <laughs> that preached how social pressures and institutions have corrupted the inherent goodness of nature. It's true. I think he did write on Walden Pond. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, A, I'm not Googling it, but B, in the feeling in my heart, I feel like okay. that's right. I just remember a lot of ducks, a lot of poetry about ducks. Oh. Ducks, ducks are inherently good. Ducks, 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 ducks. Okay. <laughs> that, there, so there's that. There's that that we put out there. <laughs> ducks are inherently good. The institution is bad. Yeah. And ducks are good. Yeah. Geese are bad. That's true. Geese are the institution. <laughs> Geese in this case are capitalism. Geese are the cops of birds. They are the cops of birds. <laughs> we were walking. We were walking our little dog, uh, and there was a. I would say two geese, like huge, like meters away. And they looked at Timbit and they started honking at him, <laughs> like get the fuck out of here. They are cops. Yeah, that's not your grass. Geese. You don't own it. You don't own it. You poop on it. You don't own it. No one owns it. Geese. Fuck. (laughs) They've been pooping everywhere lately, by the way. Hey, same. I'm three sentences in. I'm so sorry. No, I love it. This is going to be 10 hours long. Individuals, Emerson believed, were at their best when they were truly independent and self-reliant. In 1836, the Transcendental Club of Cambridge, Massachusetts, Mm. spoke against the growing control of organized religion and political parties had on people's lives. I mean, I get it. Some of this I get. Like, some of this I uh, truly, truly get. It it also has, it does also have, like, a proto-Tea Party kind of feel to me. Oh, Oh, no. Well... These institutions corrupted real individuals from building a true and nurturing community. So what basically what is saving, and, and they do touch on like capitalism, like how capitalism corrupts people yeah. and prohibits us from creating an individual community with other individuals, like a true, real community. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. But we can create a community with products. And that's, that's the show. <laughs> and that's the show. That's us. That's us. We may find some irony in the fact that transcendentalism was the inspiration for an organized religious movement that was involved in mass fraud, corruption, and a lot of capitalism. Ooh. Let's, are you ready? I'm ready. It all began with the New Thought Movement. Oh, no. Oh, this is going to be good. Oh, no. Founded by hypnotist. Yep. Phineas P. Quimby. <laughs> now that's a name. <laughs> uh... Uh, by the way, my hometown, my hometown boy from Lebanon, New Hampshire. Oh my God! Peace, peace. Lebanon's a cute little city. <laughs> also home to Phineas Gage. Oh, the man what got a rod in his brain. Yeah, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> Everyone's psychology one hundred and one likes case yeah. study. <laughs> New Thought combined the rugged transcendentalist individualism with the bizarre work of Franz Mesmer, father of animal magnetism. Oh no, this fuck. Hypnotism and an all-around kook. 
Do you know about animal magnetism? Uh, I I can infer. Okay, so let me get. If, first of all, Please. it is sexual. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is yeah. So it's sexual. Man's animal nature. <laughs> well, it's everyone has a juice in them. Oh, <laughs> pee. Yes, we do have pee in us, okay. but this is a juice. It's a life juice. Oh, a life juice. It is a life force, a life juice. Everyone has an uh, uh, in them. Mm. And it, it has the ability to do miraculous things. And you can transfer juices. Mm, don't like that. Maybe through <laughs> sexual intercourse? Yeah, I mean, you can. But. And, and I'm, I think, now, I, do, I don't want to, you know, accuse Frank, Franz Mesmer of shit. Hate to do that. But I would say, you know, when you, when you tell someone that the juices in you can heal the juices in other people. Oh, no. Uh, maybe it would be Bad. not good. Not good. Yeah, I seem to remember a box where he put a monkey in there, and there was, he did all kinds of shit. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a lot of magnetism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, weird stuff. I'm sure we'll get to him. Yeah, we're not here. This is the only. This is the only time. It's a pit stop. It's a pit stop. I'm yeah, <laughs> practitioners of new thought. New thought. New thought. Believe. <laughs> believed that individuals had an innate power which they could harness and channel into material results. The mind over matter mentality, also known as mind cure, this movement sprinkled into other religious and secular movements in the United States, from Christian science to psychotherapy. So this is like, if you have depression, just get over it. Hey, have you ever thought about being happy? Have you thought about just actually not... You know, hey, if you're you have anxiety, have you thought about just not being worried? This is also it's also extended to the secret. Oh, like that shit. Is that the secret, like for pickup artists, or the no. secret for manifesting it? Like make a vision board, and you're gonna get a Cadillac sort of thing. Oh. Yeah, that sort of thing. This Does is this work? is. Well, have you? <laughs> hey, have you read the secret? No. I'm going to teach you another way to get a Cadillac, and you may not like it. Steal it? (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Perhaps it so deeply took root in the United States because rugged individualism is a quintessentially American ideal. Mm. The idea that an individual was responsible for their own happiness, health, and situation is overwhelming. But if that same individual can apply mental energy to cure any of their own ills, then this is something a bit more easily swallowed. So it's like, the world is bad, but if you can fix it just by thinking positive things, yeah. man, that sounds good. I'm going to think the fucking glaciers back together. Well, you better start. You better get started. <laughs> Quote, see yourself in a prosperous condition, said new thought thinker Ralph Waldo Trine. Not Emerson. Mm. Another another Ralph Waldo. Interesting. Affirm that you will before long be in a prosperous condition. So you got to think about it. Imagine your dick bigger. (laughs) Harder. (laughs) Faster, stronger? (laughs) Yes. That's what they were talking about. Oh, boy. New thought also perfectly matched the valorization of the Protestant work ethic. No. We're here. An idea that conflates labor with personal satisfaction. Mm. In 1905, German sociologist Max Weber wrote about this phenomenon in his book, The Protestant Ethic and the Spirit of Capitalism. I hate it. His analysis was that Protestant Calvinists, quote, generally believe in the idea of some predestination or that God has chosen some people to be saved and others damned. 
and that they, quote, feel the need to justify their own sense of themselves as the saved. In order to do that, they look towards outward signs of God's favor through material success, as well as the ways to express inward virtue through hard work. Mm. So it's like, first of all, number one, there's going to be good, good guys and bad guys. And guess what? We're Protestants, so we're the good guys, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then number two, I we're good because we work hard, and we work hard because we're good. Because we're good. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you fucking imagine? I mean, I've met a, these guys are a dime a dozen the, still. The fucking Protestants, they're everywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is imperialism. Mm-hmm. Oh. This is, this is every old white male manager we've ever had. <laughs> oh, shit. Dog. <laughs> New thought and the Protestant work ethic intertwined perfectly as the charismatic Pentecostal churches started popping up across the American landscape. These churches were home to the, quote, spiritual gifts, such as miraculous healing or speaking in tongues. Oh, yeah. This shit. I don't, I, I, when they speak in tongues, Mm. it's just kind of like, they just do a daffy duck. Oh, they're just going for it. They just, they just go for it, right? Yeah. Mm. And some people, I guess they really believe in it. Some people do. Now, the only church that I'm, all these Pentecostal, we're going to talk about them, but like the one I'm really into is the ones that kiss snakes. Super into that, yeah. Super into that. They got those big tents. They got the tents. They got the the pastor that's just like, he's a performer, y'all. Hey, Hey, come down here, kiss some snakes. (laughs) Right on the heads. We'll cure what ails (laughs) you. We'll tuck them in. I like to. I like to think the snakes are really well taken care of. Tuck them in. No, no, no. Highly noted. No. Mm. This was a tradition of worship that proved to the believer that God would manifest in concrete ways. These churches were also decentralized, meaning that individual leaders could build up strong personal followings. I'm so worried about where this is going. Oh, we're going there. Oh <laughs> hey, no. It's despicable, it's man. It's pretty fucking despicable. We're going we're going for it. Oh no. I decided you went big last time. You went I with went the big, big yeah. baddies. I'm going with like the the fucking Batman villain. Yeah. That's where I'm going. I feel that. Combining the Protestant work ethic with the purely American New Thought and Pentecostal church movements created a monster that fed people religion in the hopes that God, in the form of capitalism, would smile upon them. In 1925, advertising executive Bruce Bowler wrote that Jesus was the first great capitalist. Uh, was he? No. I don't think so. I don't think he was. I guess in the fact he sold a religion. Yeah. I mean... To us? What else was he was he was a carpenter? I guess he was a carpenter. He, I mean, really, if you're just making fish out of thin air, that's not capitalism. He didn't own a Home Depot. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what if though? That'd be wild. What if? In 1936, New Thought mystic and founder of the Unity Church, Charles Fillmore, rewrote Psalm 23 to read, "Quote." The Lord is my banker. My credit is good. Well, you can't just do that. <laughs> they do, though. They do that all the time. They're like, mm, that's not what the Bible means. Let me clear that up for you. And that's why they hate us. Yeah, that's why they hate us. Yeah. <laughs> it's one guy who hated us. Who said, these gays, get them out of here. <laughs> the central idea that developed was if parishioners gave tithings or, quote, 
love gifts to their church, and more importantly, to the church leaders. They were promised that they would receive a return in their investment. How y'all not see this is evil? Love because it's called love gifts. It's called a love gift. <laughs> so it's a love. Look, I, that's what Jesus said. I've gotten a couple of love gifts in my day, <laughs> and I appreciate every one of them. And was the person's investment returned? Well, ask Colin. <laughs> <laughs> this was the development of the prosperity gospel. A movement in which charismatic church leaders made promises of wealth and good health to parishioners who then felt forced to give above their means in hopes of getting into God's good favor. This is where we are. This is where we are. This is despicable. It's, it's hey, it's despicable. It's despicable. We're going to talk to some, some baddies. What year are we in right now? Uh, so this started, uh, I'm going to talk about it, but... The prosperity gospel always um, kind of coincided with times of economic boom. Mm. So 1920s, it started up, but we didn't see this as it is now until the 1950s with the televangelists. Okay, but what you're saying to me is that the minions are still in Antarctica. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Now, we should remind... Yeah. We should... Let's talk about the minion theory. The ba- the bananan. Yes. Bananan. Bananan. Yes. Can you talk about it? Yeah, so um, with Despicable May, one thing yeah. that we like to think about, and this is actually kind of our religion, if you think about it, uh, is... <laughs> this is like what, what we like to preach. Yeah, is that we like to think about, you know, the minions who canonically, bononically, bononically my bad, yeah. were in Antarctica uh, between 1812 yeah. and 1968. 68? Yeah. 67, 68. Yeah. Uh, they didn't, did not emerge from the ice, yeah. as we're told. Uh, our th- little thing that we like to do is say, hey, what do, we, what do we think they would be doing? What do they think they would be doing? In this situation with these folks. And right now, they're still in Antarctica. Right so. now, in the 1930s, we're going to get in the 1950s very quickly, okay. but they're still canonically, bononically. In Antarctica. They're in the ice. But they're going to come, they're going to come rushing in. They're getting involved, folks. You're uh, tap in when they, when they appear. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of the forerunners of this movement was Oral Roberts. Let's talk about his Let's name. talk about Oral. Let's talk about his name. Yeah. Oral. It's, um, it's a sex thing with mouths. <laughs> it's mouth stuff. That's why you know you never find an Oral anymore. You don't find an Oral anymore. <laughs> God, bring me an oral. They just don't make them like they used to. <laughs> those orals. Uh, oral was a pioneer of televangelism and a con man who laid the foundations of the prosperity gospel in the 1950s and 60s. He called this process seed faith. <laughs> Look, when you find an oral, you got to seed some faith. You seed a faith, you have the faith. <laughs> in oral. <laughs> Teaching people to expect a miracle when they sow, quote, a seed from their need. Okay. Mm. Okay, Oral. He wrote, quote, To realize your potential to overcome life's problems, to see your life become fruitful, multiply and provide abundance, i.e. in health, prosperity, spiritual renewal, in the family or oneself, you should decide to follow the divine law of the sower, S-O-W-E-R, and the harvest. Sow the seeds of his promise in the grounds of your need. It's like that parable. That sounds really sexual. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does. And maybe it's because I've had most of a very heavy drink. Yeah. 
The prosperity gospel tagged along through the ages, always appearing during economic upturns, during the post-war boom of the 1950s, but especially during the ostentatious 1980s. They're here, folks. The minions, they burst on the scene. They, they heard someone was calling for some assistance. Oh, they're here. Let's find out who it was. Well, I'm about to tell you. Yeah. The prosperity gospel televangelists of the 1980s can all be grouped under the title of Despicable. But today, we are going to highlight a man who spent years in prison for fraud, but is still out and selling scam products on his own set of tax-free infomercials. Oh, no. Today, we are talking about Jim Baker. Oh! <laughs> yes! This man. This man. Now, I didn't realize there's a documentary out about them. Yeah. I haven't looked at it. Have you watched it? No, but I, I have seen a bit about it. I know it sort of is more focused on Tammy, Tammy Faye, Faye. Yeah. and sort of her movement into... Um, being a gay icon. Yeah, being a gay icon, yeah. getting into the gay rights movements, yeah. advocating for AIDS patients. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not in my notes. I, I looked into Tammy Faye because she's also very, very interesting. Um, I didn't realize she was like holding hands with AIDS patients before fucking Princess Diana and shit. Yeah. Before it was cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, and she was really into, she really did a 180 on the whole. And Jim Baker did a... A zero degree a zero turn, degree turn. <laughs> uh, on, on the gay rights movement. But uh, yeah, Tammy Faye, bless her. There's a reason she's a gay right, yeah. a gay icon. Oh, boy. Well, we're going to talk about her not so... Well, we're going to talk about her husband. Yeah. Uh, she she did benefit a lot yep. from what, what happened. Uh, not all of it, but... Jim Baker and his first wife, Tammy Faye, became one of the most prominent televangelist couples in the 1970s and 80s, just as the prosperity gospel began to get popular once more. Starting out on a local Minnesota TV station doing puppet shows, mm. Jim and Tammy Faye caught the eye of televangelist Pat Robinson and together launched the PTL Club. Or praise the Lord. Oh boy. <laughs> Which functioned as a Pentecostal late night talk show. The couple would act as hosts and invite famous ministers as and artists like Billy Graham, Oral Roberts, Mickey Rooney, and of course Mr. T. Oh, Mickey Rooney. He looks <laughs> Also, despicable. <laughs> yeah. Quote, on set, the couple would be flanked by a full choir on one side and a backing band on the other. The spotlights were bright, often reflecting the shine off Jim Baker's forehead and the iridescent highlighters surrounding Tammy Faye's big, big eyes and the shiny tears bleeding down her cheeks as she sang or backed up Baker's religious testimony. She did. She did have um, a lot of makeup on. Well, it was really, I mean, it's really interesting I love, I want to do a thing on Tammy Faye. Yeah. I couldn't really find an ad surrounding her. But the fact that what she wore and the makeup that was so out of the ordinary for a, like, a highly religious woman. Yeah. And she, she, she did it on purpose, right? Like, mm. the as a power move. It was really interesting. And just, I think also she did it so when she cried on camera. It looked good. Yeah. It looked good. Gotta paint for the lights. Oh, yeah. You gotta. You gotta, you gotta paint for the for the back row. <laughs> the uh, the bakers, of course, preached the good word of the prosperity Bible. So as the show's popularity grew, so did the donations. Quote: We had a cash office, and at times there was certainly more money in 
than I could ever imagine. The show's former security chief, John Hardister, said in an interview with Christianity Today, people would send us mink coats, diamond rings, and deeds. I mean, we got all sorts of donations. So th this is the thing. They're, they're telling their people, if you want your riches, if you want to be prosperous in life, either in health or like in money, in goods, you donate to the church because church is a place yeah. of God, and then God will smile upon you. You go beyond your means yeah, to give exactly. them the fancy shit. Um, there is an article in my sources about a cancer patient who was victimized, not by the bakers, but by another televangelist who preached the, the prosperity Bible, and her family went to court and sued these people. Mm. Um, and that's a really interesting case, too, because that came out basically during this time. Oh, I think there's definitely some minions in the vault sort of sorting <laughs> The goods that come in. <laughs> I think da uh, Don Hardister, the uh, the security chief, is a, is a minion. Oh, yeah. Or is, like, partnered with a minion. I think they're doing a lot of physical comedy in there. I they're love... trying on the coats, and there's, like, three of them stacked <laughs> on top of each I other. I love Tommy. I would love a minion to um, powder Tammy Faye's nose. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Just, like, clean up her makeup. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. Actually, that'd be wonderful. Powder Jim Baker's, like, forehead. <laughs> The bakers were not shy about showing their wealth and success, um, as a showing of wealth proved to parishioners that God was smiling upon them. The Los Angeles Times reported that the baker's home had, quote, gold-plated swan-shaped bathroom fixtures and, quote, a air-conditioned doghouse. Oh, boy. Well, Jim will be sleeping in there very soon, so... <laughs> yeah. What were their dogs like? I'm, I would love to I know. tried to find a picture. Little fluffy ones. Oh, it had to be. <laughs> it had to be. Seeing an opportunity to rake in even more money, Jim Baker announced the opening of a faith-based theme park in 1978. He sure did. Heritage USA. Oh, yeah. It was a 2,300-square-foot park located near Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where footage makes it 10 times the size of Disneyland, a park that the Bakers felt was too secular. Which is funny it's Disneyland. It's too secular, it's too, you know? They worship the devil there, I guess. Well, they're, they're, they're giving too much to the game. <laughs> well, not anymore. <laughs> it didn't stop them from... Well, this is in the 70s, so... Yeah. Uh, it didn't stop them from copying Disneyland's uh, Main Street USA feel, by the way. Oh. Yeah, the whole Main Street USA. Pray is Street USA. <laughs> Sorry. Pray Street US. Pray. <laughs> this is very good. <laughs> Uh, if you want more about Main, uh, Heritage USA uh, podcast, the ride they just did an episode. Oh, really? It. Yeah. Oh, neat. And it talks about like how you could buy Tammy Faye Barker like uh, fucking uh, Barker Baker Tammy Faye Baker like dolls and like dresses and stuff and like her jewelry because she oh sold God. jewelry too. If they did a stuffed dog, it would be Tammy Faye Barker. It would be Tammy Faye Barker. <laughs> now we gotta leave that in. Yep. <laughs> The park also had the childhood home of evangelist Billy Graham. They just moved it there. Hey, this uh, guy. A Vegas-style passion play. I'm into it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus, in sequence. <laughs> hip, hip, heel turn. <laughs> Get Bob Mackie. Uh, and a $12 million water park. Like all theme parks, Heritage USA manipulated his guests into staying on campus by also building campgrounds, hotels, and condos right inside the park. Mm. Um, though cash. it just sounds boring. Yeah, it does. It's just like a, it's a campground for fucking white people. Yeah, what? It's like the Bible? Who cares? <laughs> 
How many times can you see a passion play? <laughs> he dies and then comes back. You sort of started to lose a passion for it. He, no. <laughs> No, you don't have to be sorry for that. I appreciate it. In order to fund the construction of such a large development, the bakers end up selling timeshares, or what they would call lifetime partnerships. Oh, boy. For $1,000 each. These lifetime partnerships offered people a few nights stay at the park each year. I think it was like four days, three nights. Timeshares, we're coming for you. (laughs) No. As the money rolled in, the bakers did not want to cut the number of lifetime partnerships that they were selling, which meant that more people bought the timeshares than could actually be accommodated. Oh, my God. At the end, they had sold more than 66,000 partnerships for a hotel with only 500 rooms. Whoa. (laughs) Ooh. Can you imagine booking that? That's a nightmare. That is a nightmare. Or they're like, meh, sorry. You can't come. Sorry, you can't count. Thanks for the money. Bye. I don't know. It's not around today. Like, it's it was yeah. around for a long time. It's not around today. I think someone bought it. You can still go. Oh. It's not... I don't think it's Heritage USA anymore. They should make it into something else. I think it is a campground or, like... I want to say in my guts is probably another religious camp for kids yeah, or something. probably. I don't know. The amount of money being raised caught the eye of investigated journalists and not the IRS. <laughs> the IRS. Not yet. They're like, yeah, it can't be fucked. Not yet. Um, so I have, in my sources, I have a, a John Oliver shtick, mm-hmm. uh, and he talks about, like, the tax-free nature of churches, mm-hmm. and um, he wrote that, he wrote the IRS, like, how many have you actually audited? And I think, like, in the last decade, they've audited two or three oh. churches. Well, because, you know, they're getting kickbacks. And it's just like, what is a church? Anything could be a church if you really... Anything's a church. If you really think about it. Get a snake in there, it's a church. (laughs) Scientology, a church. But not a church. (laughs) Not a church. Not a church. In 1987, the Charlotte Observer published more than 600 stories, each revealing a misuse of funds in the ministry. That's a lot of stories. It's a lot of stories. In one year. Someone's like, this is my beat. I, I think, I looked through them, and there is a paywall on the Charlotte Observer, but it sounds like it was actually real people saying, like, hey, we gave all this money. Oh. And, yeah. That's what it looked like Interesting. To me. Yeah. Of course, because the Baker's Church had a, a tax-exempt ex- status, its activities and spending habits seemed a bit odd for what was in the IRS's books as a nonprofit religious organization. And if you want to look on the, like, the fuzziness of non-profit religious organizations the the john oliver <laughs> piece is really good this same year church secretary jessica hahn came out and accused jim baker of drugging and raping her oh boy and then paying her two hundred sixty-five thousand dollars of the church's money to keep her quiet uh, and she has an article she came out um an article on playboy magazine oh. coming out because they like forced her to sign something that said like she was asking for it like that sort of thing it was awful um and that's in my sources too these two outed scandals were finally enough for the irs to poke around the baker's finances the uncovered they uncovered an incredible amount of questionable deductions raising from quote a 592,000 oceanfront condominium in Palm Beach, Florida, mm. to a $67,000 in women's clothing, and a 800 Gucci briefcase, all written off. 
cheapers. You need to keep, hey, you gotta have a real You gotta look sharp. Jesus wants you to. <laughs> he built it himself. He did. He was a cap, he was the first capitalist. Yeah. A reminder that this money was not given to the bakers, but was given as love gifts or tokens of seed faith to the church. Parishioners were told that if they donated to the church, they would be loved by God and given healing or success. This included cancer patients, the elderly, people with chronic illnesses and disabilities, people living in poverty, new immigrants, and people who donated way above their means because they were promised they'd be receiving the money back a hundredfold from God. These people are just... Despicable! Despicable. Despicable. Jim Baker was finally indicted for fraud in 1988. Eight counts of mail fraud, 15 counts of wire fraud, and one count of conspiracy to commit fraud. (laughs) He didn't get to that one. That was on his to-do list. In uh, 1989, he was found guilty on all 24 counts and was sentenced to 45 years in federal prison. Baker stepped down as the head of PTL, and the Assemblies of God ministry immediately expelled him. Jerry Faltwell took over the ministry almost immediately after the resignation. (laughs) Another bad guy. Another bad guy. (laughs) Jim Baker entered prison in 1989, but was released on parole in December 1994. For sure. After having served barely more than five years. Yeah, that checks out. By then, Tammy Faye had filed for a divorce, bless her, and the IRS had officially revoked the PTL's ministry nonprofit status, requiring them to pay more than $55 million in back taxes. Jerry Faltwell noped out, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, within months. He's like, you have to, we have to pay how much? <laughs> Bye. Baker married former preacher Lori, Lori Graham in 1998, and in 2003, the two began broadcasting the Jim Baker show. Quote, I've always thought of the Lord. He is the reason I'm back on television because I felt a calling, Baker told the local news the following year. This is the dream of my lifetime. This time around, instead of conveying, convincing his viewers to give money so that they might later receive blessings from the Lord, Baker instead was asking them to buy a variety of products so that he can help them save themselves when the end time begins. Ugh. On his show, Baker used the symptoms of global warming, an increase of hurricanes, tornadoes, and drought to show that God is getting ready for the end times. And in 2016, Baker said that Obama, quote, sounded like he was a representative for the Antichrist. He also warned what would happen if a conservative candidate did not win a spot in the White House. Quote, Hillary Clinton is a very wicked and unchristian woman, Baker said in 2016, uh, of August. She supports gay rights and <laughs> abortion. I would say she is a bride of Satan. If America elects her, it would lead to Armageddon. I wish. I wish. She, I wish the, all these evangelists who demonize the Democrats, what they say they support, I wish it's they actually true. did. I wish they actually did. I wish they were like milk toast about it. <laughs> Gee, it's sad. Gee, it's sad that these uh, trans rights are get to be into these kids. I'm sorry about it. I can't do anything. Yeah, can't possibly do anything. I'm angry at everyone. Yep, yep, yep. 
Uh, a reminder that white evangelists make up one-fifth of all registered voters uh, and almost a third of voters who identify as Republican. White evangelistic uh, voters voted in high numbers for Donald Trump, 80%, according to exit polls. Oh. I'm going to... <laughs> it's not funny anymore, huh? Ralph Waldo Emerson really did us dirty. Yeah, he did us dirty with his sort fucking ducks. He did us ducks. pretty dirty. Yeah. And so did that Phineas guy. Ugh. Uh, quote, I think I helped in this election. Trump thinks I did because he called and thanked me. Jim Baker said in his Is the End Near Day 2 episode this past December. Well, the end shouldn't be near anymore if your guy won, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not political about it. I want to to save America from the things that are coming. (sighs) I know. Scream. Hey, in order to save America, Jim Baker is now shilling survival gear, ranging from $1,000 440-watt generators to vitamins and supplements to a, quote, silver solution enema kit. No. Is that why that one congressman was blue? He's blue, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) He's a smurf, because if you take silver, you turn blue. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, boys, egg on his face. <laughs> blue eggs. I wonder if your butt does your butt turn blue? I mean, I think your you, all your skin, your whole thing. Yeah, but is it starting your butt? Who can say? Who can say? Well, let's see. <laughs> Ow. Let's see. Well, <laughs> turn around. <laughs> oh, no. The item that appears most on the shows turned in commercial, however, is Jim Baker's food buckets. One of these shipments include two years of food for a price of $2,275. I know that a 60-serving Cabela's food bucket that I currently have in my earthquake kit in the basement retails for 70 bucks. He's what is he? He's the new colonel? He's the new colonel? Selling you a bucket? <laughs> now, okay, I as we are we live in an earthquake zone. <laughs> so it is good to have an earthquake kit. It's good to have a bucket of food. Uh Wait till you see these infomercials. Um, and, and they're infomercials slash his church. Yeah. Right? It's all, it's, he's preaching and then constantly on the screen there's like, buy $2,000 worth of mashed potatoes. Like, this is the church of capitalism. This is the church of capitalism. 110%. This is the end point of, well, not the end, but you know, the modern moment of, of what, of everything that you've talked about. This is what it's all come to. Yes. I think I think everyone should have a little earthquake kit, even if it's like just a little thing. Um, but God, wait till you see some of these. <laughs> it's it's atrocious. I'm ready. What makes Jim Baker and America's prosperity and gospel movement so despicable is that it actively preys on people's fear while hiding behind its tax-exempt religious nonprofit status. If you are wondering why so many people have given their money to people like the Bakers, Kate Bauer, assistant professor at Duke Divinity School and the author of Blessed, A History of American Prosperity Gospel, which inspired this ad creep, Mm. has to say, quote, What gives the prosperity movement breadth and depth for many is its thoroughly accounting for the pain of life and the longing we have for restoration. For those trapped in failing bodies or broken relationships or the painful possibility that their lives might never be made whole, Americans turn to this message of hope. If life is a game, one with rules for success that anyone can use, then maybe they can win. And I would, um, so, uh, Kate Bowler, the author of this book, 
she was a big proponent of the prosperity gospel, and then she got stage four cancer. Oh, interesting. Um, so, and I have some other of her articles in my sources too. So I'd recommend that. Mm. Are you ready to see this bad man? Show me the despicable guy. Okay. Um, so, uh, I have some, basically it's not a commercial because it's this whole thing. Yeah. I didn't want to go onto his website. No. Because uh, I don't want to give him money or my clicks. There is a YouTube channel called Right Wing Watch. Mm-hmm. And they're great. They kind of just like, hey, this is what's going on over there. You might want to check it it's out. It's bad over there. It's bad over there. Uh, I have a couple clips from there. I'm okay. going to show a couple to Al. And then Al's going to pick out the least worst one. To oh, put. <laughs> okay. Because some of them are pretty despicable. Yeah, no, um, no fair enough. Uh, so if you're going to watch the one that we're going to watch today, you can go into our sources. Yeah. Okay. We'll return after these messages. It all. Oh, yeah. And get up and dance a little. Wow. <laughs> I love summertime. I've got burgers made of beans. They're never fried. Saba chips and salsa to keep me warm way deep inside. Oh yeah, I guess you'd say Jim and Lori Help me be prepared today for end times I'm talking about end times Welcome back to the show Listeners I've stared into the abyss. I think we watched maybe ten minutes. Of that was Jim. Was a lot, man. Um, wow. Now I'm gonna post the our our favorite, yeah. which is the man in the Hawaiian shirt singing. Yeah, they should be sued for that. Um, <laughs> he's singing a song. He's yeah. singing. Uh, I've got black bean burgers. <laughs> And a whole shit of rice. My girl? <laughs> yes, my girl. My girl. Um, this man's bad. Yeah, man, he's bad. That's despicable May. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So where are the minions, you ask? <laughs> well, we're on a big TV set. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, we're in, yeah. I think it's called... Uh, Praise Street. Praise Street, Mor- Morning Star, something like that. Some bullshit. It's the church. Yeah, it's the church. Okay. There's some, uh, you know, the, you're sort of set up. You got Jim yeah. and the lady and yeah. the other insane guy. Yeah. Um, and you, they're all unhinged. <laughs> they're all unhinged, yeah. And there's a big staircase behind them. With one plant. It has plant, yeah, it has a little plant in the middle of the stairs. Yeah. And then later it's full of milk. Yeah. Um, who's making all this food? The Minions. Okay. They're in the kitchen with their yes. little hair nets on. Yes, yes, yes. So we saw um, we saw a couple of, of, and again, they'll be in my sources, uh, we saw a couple of promos yeah. for these these uh, rice or these big buckets, and one of the ones that I showed Al is when they loaded an entire thing like forty gallons of rice and cheese broccoli soup in a big bucket. Horrific! Horrific! Um, here's what I think. I think the minions they love they want to help the bad guy, right? They want to help the bad guy. That is canonically they uh-huh. help the worst guy. I think. This guy is so bad. Yeah. They're like, sheesh. <laughs> I don't know about this, folks. 
And I think he's he's got them in some warehouse yeah. just making these bucket meal buckets. Yeah. He actually warned like, hey, we're running out of food buckets. You better order them today. And and they're like, we got to get out of here. Can I can I propose something? Yeah. Um, now this is our last despicable me. It is. And I think like this, we had some despicableness. Uh-huh. This man is currently just the most, one of the most despicable. Yeah. Um, that, that cheese and broccoli stew mm. that he made in one of the infomercials, it sure looked really yellow. It looked, oh, oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 It did. <laughs> Where is he getting all this product, Al? I think the ones that disobeyed. <laughs> they're like, give us a, give us just a regular bad man. Where's Ronald Reagan? All the buckets are, I would say, minion shaped. They are. <laughs> He's making it out of them. Soylent Green is minions. <laughs> Jim Baker's buckets are minions. Horrible. Wow, you've made it even worse. I just think here's the thing, and again, minions are are into the most bad baddie of baddies, So you right? think they're just hopping in they're ho- I think No, I think they get there, and they're like, where's all of our brethren? It's the it's the tomato, it's the cheese broccoli they soup, see the, baby. that cheese broccoli soup, and he's like, hey, give it a try, and they're like, okay, sir. And they hop in. That's why all the buckets slightly taste like banana. <laughs> oh, no. What a grim end to Despicable May. I gotta, I, we gotta kill off the minions. <laughs> yeah. But they can't be evolved in anymore. I don't know, actually, frankly, Al, I don't know how I'm going to go forward in ad creeps without the minions. It's going to be no, hard. That's fair. It's going to be hard to divorce myself from the minions. You know, they might pop up every now Maybe. and then. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? But who knows? not every episode. Not every episode. I think that's, I think, I think Soylent Green is people. I think Jim Baker's Buckets is the minions. minions. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And in, in this year, the year 2022, <laughs> it's just the minions. I mean, the end times have already come for the minions. They're being yeah. made into food. Oh, my God. Can you imagine when the infomercials, they open up a bucket, and there's just a set of goggles in there? <laughs> just loading on top. And they're like, get out of here. Go, go. <laughs> uh, that's it. It's horrible. I need a Wait. Oh my god, we're free. We're free! Oh, I can breathe again. <sighs> you know what? We don't have to do any more Despicable Maze if we don't want to. I kind of like it. It was fun. It was fun. We'll make a call next spring. We'll make a call. I think there needs to be a place. There's so much There's so much bad people yeah. in advertising. It's good to like have give everyone a warning. Like, this is the shitty people. This yeah. is the worst of the worst. This is like... It is like The Purge. It is like The Purge, It's yeah. like the adequate... Maybe we should just do The Purge May <laughs> next time. Yeah. <laughs> and have these people fight each other. Or we'll just... They'll just... We'll put them all in the buckets. Yeah. <laughs> Grind them up. <laughs> Make black bean burgers out of them. Oh, boy. Al. Yeah. We're free. Yes. That means I deserve a treat. And I'm going to give you a treat. Give this me a is treat. the this is a despicable local ad. Is it? Really? Well. Okay. Is it despicable in the way of bad or is it despicable in a more traditional sense? <laughs> okay. Okay, if you want to see this maybe traditionally despicable ad, you can go into our sources. I think you're going to enjoy it. Okay, I can't wait. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
At JT's Chrysler Jeep Dobbs in Lexington, I'm going to give you the moon. It's deal-tastic me, and I make this the most easiest decision you ever make. From now to the end of the month, pay zero down and nothing till January next year. Like new Jeep from $14,990. That's good price. Save $8,000 on Chrysler 300. Or new Jeep Conference or Chrysler 200 from $99 a month. That's a lot of good stuff. You're only going to get that at the JT's Chrysler Jeep Dodge in Lexington. Do what? JT'sJeep.com. This is JT's Jeep. They're in uh, Lexington, South Carolina. And he's grudified himself. He, just, he grewed him. <laughs> he grewed himself. Someone's someone's cousin <laughs> had an idea. Someone's got after effects. Someone's got after effects and they made him a, re- a rectangle. Yeah, like, and then they just squeezed in the bottom. Yeah, yeah. He's, like how Gru looks. He's agreed to fight himself. Now the minions, I would give <laughs> three out of ten. Those are off brand for sure. <laughs> First of, all, eyes. first of all, shirtless, completely, completely shirtless. shirtless. They're tits straight out. <laughs> As God little, intended. <laughs> they have little little uh, uh, shorts. Yeah, little no shorts. overalls. Did you notice they had like Jar Jar Binks eyes? They did have because had... there had to be off brand enough to not oh, get sued. I hated it, <laughs> and it was instead of despicable me. It was, it was deal dealtastic, dealtastic me. Maybe that's what we should do next May. <laughs> All the deals. All the deals. I don't know what that would entail. Uh, that's perfect. I thought you'd like that. Thank you. I do like that. I love an off-brand minion. It's so... Oh. It's just like the mm. most uncanny valley. <laughs> it's on the other side of the valley. <laughs> I love it's it. It's in the crevasse. It's in the crevasse. Friends, thank you. If you made it through all, the gauntlet yeah. of all four Despicable Mays, congratulations. You don't get a prize. You get a reward next week. Do you? Oh, yeah. You get a little gift. That's true. Gonna, we're going to get soft. We're going to get. We're gonna just be super soft boys. <laughs> I can put on my PJs. Uh, congratulations, comrades. You made it through. You've done it. We're proud of you. Now you're armed with the knowledge that there are more very bad people out there. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> Buy a bucket, eat a minion. But from Cabela's, not from this bad man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, until next time, we are signing off. Here comes a day when I'll be the one you see. It's gonna be despicable me. But first, a word for my spouse. I gotta wet my whistle. That's really gonna help me read five pages of this ad creep. I didn't spill. Mmm. Delicioso. Thank you, producer. I did spill. <laughs> oh, you did. Suck it off the table. Oh, my God. <laughs> they did, gents. Yeah. They did, folks. It didn't taste... It doesn't taste good. It tastes good. good. We haven't cleaned that counter It tastes like fucking varnish. <laughs> I need another set. <laughs> you got it. Why do I just do things that people tell me to do? <laughs> That's why we love you. Mm.